0: and we're live welcome to don't be coy i'm your host uncle lou and today i have the honor pleasure and the utmost appreciation to have with me today miss labria barnes labria thank you for being on the show how you doing this morning
1: yes thank you for having me i'm doing well up and moving
0: that's good that's good how was your previous week
1: oh it was we, I had a pretty good week. It was very productive. Um, we're on what we call a, a writing break. So it's like a vacation. Mm-hmm. But we had to do a lot of things in the office, get that done. So it was very productive, very productive.
0: Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. So for the next couple of minutes, what I like to do is just go through um, a few different questions. Really want to use those as kind of like introduction Uh, opportunities to be able to get into deeper dive and conversations around um, moments in our lives that really transformed us and made us who we are and how we can reflect on those moments and like use those as tools to get to the person that we aim to be Um, and so just wanted to start off with there and if you don't mind can you tell us a little bit about yourself
1: oh yes so um, my name is Labria Barnes, and I am a native of Port Gibson, Mississippi, which is a small town southwest Mississippi. Yeah. Um, I attended Alcorn State University, where I got my undergrad degree in criminal justice, and after that, I went on to law school at Mississippi College, and I just graduated in May of 2021, and I am now an attorney. I work for the Court of Appeals, so when people appeal, maybe their convictions or even a divorce, we have a team of lawyers that work with judges, and we uh, work through the cases that come up there. So that's a little bit about me, um, educationally and occupationally. Um, I'm an only child, so (laughs) (laughs) I come from a rather small family, um, some of the things I like to do, I really, I need to get into hobbies. That That is something I, I want to get more into. I've been so busy with school and things like that, but I do like traveling when I have the chance and going different places and trying different foods and different cuisines and things of that nature. So, yeah. But that's a little bit
0: about me. Yeah, no, that sounds really great. Um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting when you mentioned Port Gibson. So, like, I have uh, family that's from Vicksburg and uh-huh. uh, well familiar with, like, that Port Gibson area. And, like, yeah. um, even to this day, I like um, driving out to, like, Port Gibson and things because mm-hmm. I don't know if um, you've ever been to it, but it's these mansion ruins. I forgot the, the actual name for them, but it's like this... Um, Little park, if you will That is this old um, Antebellum home mansion Where the pillars are still there And so Yeah, I love going there Have you ever been there?
1: I have um, To let you know um, It's called Windsor Ruins Yeah, exactly Yeah, and we would go When I was little Like my granddad and my mom Would take me to runs of ruins and we would be able to you know park the car get out and look around and stuff and then when I went to Alcorn a lot of people who weren't from the area we would drive them down there and they're like where are you taking me (laughs) (laughs) yeah For, for sure for the people who aren't familiar with the area it's a very rural wooded area you're literally like in the woods and so when we will have people who will be from up north or and never you know been in an area like that, they're scared. They're going <laughs> right. like, "What's going on?" But it's beautiful because even though the entire structure for the most part it's gone, you still have those big pillars there. And so I I loved it. I love to see it.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm a I'm a big fan of like um, just architecture and just like um, how Really and truthfully, it has um, not only its historical context, but, like, just the beauty of it all and, like, how you really can, like, tell a lot about um, a particular community or um, community's culture and, like, what was important to them and all those kind of things by just looking at their architecture. So, no, that Mm -hmm. was really cool. I'm glad that that was something that we could both resonate on.
1: Oh, yes. Yes.
0: So, what's your favorite song to start your day to?
1: So... I don't think I have much of a theme song, but I will tell you a song that I've been blasting in my car uh <laughs> just about every morning on my commute. My commute is much shorter now, but Alex Isley, have you heard of her?
0: No, I haven't. Tell me. Okay, the- so yeah, she
1: you know, she's related to the Isley brothers. Like she's in that family. Like mm. I think Ronald Isley is her uncle. Yeah. She's an amazing artist. Um and I really want to see her go like super mainstream and, and get the credit um that she deserves because she's amazing. I love her voice. But she has this song called Good and Plenty. Mm. And I I just I love it.
0: Yeah. No, oh, that's really cool. So like can you tell us a little bit like um of what it is about this song that speaks mm-hmm. to you?
1: Uh-huh. So I'm um, I don't know. I haven't run into anyone that thinks like this or, or operates like this. Mm-hmm. So when I first hear a song, rarely am I hearing the lyrics first. I don't know if it was because I was in band and I um, I played an instrument for like eight or so years. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always focused on like the music and um, the orchestra in the background and how the voices blend with those instruments. But um, what I really loved about it was just how much of a vibe it was. It was so chill. And she has like this very soft melodic voice. And I was in my car. I'll tell you how I discovered the song. <laughs> I was, where was I? I was going or coming. That's all I know. I don't know where <laughs> I was going or coming from school or to school or whatever. Yeah. And I have my Pandora on and I have a station an Alex Isley station. Mm-hmm. And I, because I've loved her other, uh, her other songs and other albums. Yeah. And so that one came on and I was like, wait, this is something new. Oh my goodness. And I was like, this is such a vibe. I mean, I'm immediately just like chilling and dancing in my car. I'm like, yeah, today is going to be nice.
0: Yeah. In this space when you're going or coming from school and like you were hearing this song, I guess you could say, can you paint the picture around like where you were in that kind of space?
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So when I first heard this song, I had not yet graduated from law school. I was in my last year I think last semester too, of law school, um, I was really busy. Mm -hmm. Like typically my head would be all over the place. I was thinking about, okay, what do I have to do next? Do I have a meeting? Do I have this? Do I have that? Do I have this? And even though, you know, we were still dealing with COVID it was to a point where we were kind of getting back out there. Of course, we still had to take safety precautions and things like that. But um, I, I was really, really busy. Mm-hmm. So I was in school. I was working. I was um, in different organizations. And most of the time, I didn't have room to just chill, to reflect. Even when I was driving, my mind would be on what my next, task was. So, if I'm in my car, my music is very important to me. Mm-hmm. It's it's sometimes it kind of just sits in the background, but with that particular song, it made me kind of just go, you know what? Maybe I need to let go of whatever I'm thinking about and we're just going to vibe out for a minute, <laughs> you know? We're just going to vibe out. So, my life was really busy there. Mentally, I was kind of scattered, but it was just really tranquil when I heard that song, and and I loved it.
0: You know, with just life in general, especially as you go from chapter to chapter, it's mm-hmm. like the the pace never really stops, really. it. No, uh <laughs> I think it's an interesting pivot. What is a dish that you like to cook on a, a regular basis or your go-to dish?
1: My go-to dish is definitely salmon, mm. whether I am cooking it, like, stove-top, in the skillet or I'm baking it it's definitely salmon
0: that's interesting so like uh we talked a little bit around like how this song um good and plenty like provides you uh-huh. with this kind of like vibe and like chill moment in this kind of refuge and like a sea of like whatever is going on let's for lack of a better uh-huh. term call it turmoil Um, right is salmon something like that as far as like a a little treat that you give to yourself
1: (laughs) and you know it's I I love that you're tying it into this because you're bringing something to the forefront for me now that I think about it that's absolutely right Mm -hmm. and I mean it can seem very simple but to me it's a treat yeah so if I've had a long day at work because it doesn't take long To cook salmon at all If I've had a long day at work I'm gonna try to find Some little ray of sunshine yeah. And sometimes it's in food It's in music um, So yeah that, that is a way that I've I've treated myself On days where I'm just I need some type of like I guess mm, Excitement Or happiness Or whatever it is
0: Do you often see that kind of support towards a voice of reprieve to help you and remind you of like, hey, like, how are you going to treat yourself?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, I'm so glad you brought this up. So, um, moment of vulnerability. Um, this is the first time that I've ever just really talked about this. And I'm going to talk about the transition of jobs Mm. for me. So, While I was in law school, I was able to work, um, at a circuit court, but after I graduated, my contract was up. Uh So I had to find other employment. And at this time, my eyes were on, okay, what law firm am I going to work at? Or what state agency will I work at? And so I was, um... Just spinning my wheels Around and around and around And finally I got a job offer At a law firm Mm -hmm. Um, While I was there though This was right before I got my results Of whether I passed the bar or not So I was not I wasn't a licensed attorney I had graduated, I had my law degree I had taken the bar exam But I was waiting on my results Um, While I was there Of course The practice of anything is going to be different from sitting in a classroom Mm -hmm. and learning about it. You know, my mom's a teacher. My mom brings this up all the time. She tells me, I can sit you in a classroom and I can tell you about teaching, but you won't learn teaching until you get out and teach. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, when I got there... I was knowledgeable of the law, but there were so many practical aspects that I wasn't very familiar with that I had a lot to learn. I was oftentimes very discouraged in um, this workspace. And <clears throat> and people were uh, very hostile towards me and some of the other employees there. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to my mom and my best friend and just going you know i don't know if this is for me i don't know if i you know have i made a mistake and a voice of reason my mother was like mm-hmm. perhaps you should find somewhere else and i was so discouraged though that i didn't know if i would go somewhere else and and, and be subjected to the same treatment <clears throat> But I I did it anyway. I stepped out on faith, and I said, I'm going to interview. I'm going to interview for different places. Well, finally, I got, um, I did several interviews and I got a call back. This was my current employer. And he's like, I want you to come back in for another interview. Can you do that? And I'm like, yes, of course. Came back in, did the second round of interviews, literally the next day. He calls me and he's like i want you to come work for me mm. i said i will start whenever you need me to start
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: honestly and so I, he said well it won't be right away because your contract will have to start at this date mm-hmm. but i'll send everything over and so that was great i had another job i packed up went to my new job and one day i was having a really hard day at work mm-hmm. and um my, my boss, he saw that and he pulled me into his office and he was like, you know, it, it's okay to ask for help. I'm not going to um, disparage you because you need help or because you need us to work together on something. We work as a team. And I had to explain to him the reason why I was so afraid to ask for help. And so he sat there with me and we worked together on that particular task. Mm -hmm. And he went, you can't beat up on yourself. You're, you're a lawyer. You earned everything that you have. Um, He said, your degrees are hanging on that wall in there. Your certification is hanging on that wall in there. And he just gave me that type of encouragement and the reminder that, hey, you're worthy essentially, you mm-hmm. did this, you earned it. And so that was, that was the most recent thing. Yeah. For
0: me. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. You're a very engaged individual. I'm curious from your perspective, what were the um, mechanisms or environment that introduced to you the importance of being fully engaged and bo- being fully present within like like a period of your life that you're in
1: family Mm. family (laughs) um I had the privilege and I have the privilege of coming from a while small a very engaged family Mm -hmm. when I was younger my grandparents they were pillars of strength Mm -hmm. in my life and my grandfather he was a professor at Alcorn, but he was not just a professor. He was a dad. He was a granddad. He was an uncle. He was um, a fraternity brother. He was a deacon in a church. Um, he would go to different city council meetings. He would, and the one thing he would always preach to me is you want to know what's going on. Yeah, because you want to be able to help. It's not about going somewhere and always getting, 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 getting. Sometimes people need what you have to give. Yeah, you know, and so he was really big on being present in the community and um, sharing that love and compassion with people. And my grandmother was, I mean, she was the same, if not more engaged, like whatever she could get into. She was like, look, I don't like this. We can sit around and complain all day long, but what are we doing to actually help? Mm -hmm. And so my mother was big on it. She's a teacher. So any way that she could help with students, the young people in the community, she was doing that. So my family led by example, and I felt like I had no other choice um, but to see the beauty of being so involved and actually caring about the community, mm-hmm. you know, actually caring about others, because I didn't just see people who wanted to run the show all the time. I saw people that held folks' hands, who hugged people, who opened their doors. I mean, literally opened their doors to people. hmm. And so I grew up with this mindset, like, if you're not doing this, then what are you doing?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was second nature to me because I grew up in a home of service, you know? And so I, I loved, loved, loved that I came from that background. And while both of my grandparents are now, you know, they, they're deceased now, that love and, and compassion for the community lives on because I'm going to make sure that it does.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah,
1: so my family was definitely um, the influence there.
0: I love how your grandfather, he wasn't just a grandfather. Mm-hmm. He was also an uncle. He was a brother. He was a mm-hmm. professor. He was um, active in the city council and attending the various different meetings. He had his own fraternity that he was a part of and active in there and helping the community. Seemed like a very busy man. And yes. Um, I ask that question because it shows to me like the parallel around how you to this day are a very busy woman um
2: yes
0: um but like i'm curious when someone taps you on the shoulder to say okay it's time for a break um Mm -hmm. how have you intertwined that within your life
1: yeah I am not quite where I want to be with that, but the little progress that I've made looks a little something like um, me just saying, had you asked me earlier or if I didn't have as much to do, I would have, but I just, you know, I I just, I start being honest with people and I'll tell them like, Hey, you may want to get someone else to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just, I'm kind of swamped right now. Mm -hmm. And just letting people know, I, I'm not gonna be able to do. It's probably not the best time. Or if you want the best product or something, go to you know someone with a fresher mind because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm swamped and um, it's people actually have been taking it rather well. Mm. I think one of my biggest concerns before was that I was afraid that people would think that I was unreliable. Mm. If I set these boundaries, that I just always had to be available, um, because I thought that was where you know just my greatness came from, and I really did care, so I didn't want to just tell people no or not offer that help, but I'm realizing that, um, I can't pour from an empty cup mm-hmm. so. At the end of the day, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to step back and and recharge. And people, people respect it. And hey, if they get upset, I mean they're just gonna have to get upset. And which is a really big thing for me to say because I can tell that's where I'm growing. Mm -hmm. Whereas at some point I was really worried about that. But yeah, now it's it looks like me just telling them, hey, I may not be able to do this. This is last minute. Or, no, I have something planned. Or, no, I'm just I'm swamped with work. Or, you know, maybe you can go to someone else who has a better perspective right now. I just don't have it. And typically, um, I think they're very receptive of it because they know me. Yeah. right? And they know I'm coming from a good place. And if Bria is at a point where she can't just do it, leave her alone, let her get a <laughs> rest or whatever. So
0: Yeah. You've not only learned your capacity and learn how to set the boundaries, but then also you've been able to match what's a good way to like start my day. And then, Mm. um, what's a good way to kind of end my day. So if you could visit any place in the next year, where would it be?
1: I'm going to make it my business to go to the Maldives. I really just want to be in the villa on the water With a cup in hand and just letting the wind blow, (laughs) just wanted to relax. Yeah. So it wasn't like a a specific uh, attraction there, just kind of being like on that little island and on the water. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm hearing a theme here, if if you don't mind me saying.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes,
0: go ahead. So the theme here I'm hearing is just like um, having that kind of place of reprieve. And like, yeah. you know, I, I think that that's kind of been like a, a constant topic that we've been talking about today. Is What is that kind of boundary that you haven't set yet that is restricting <laughs> you from being able to have that rest throughout whether you start your day listening to your song yeah there's going to be some twists and turns and it's going to go up and down but even whenever it's at its high moments like you're at a place um where you've set up your your camp your whatever you want to call it I'm curious Mm -hmm. around how do you plan on when you get to the Maldives and have that Mm -hmm. experience bring that kind of experience back so that Mm -hmm. you always have that with you
1: Oh, that's a good question. I wanna start with, I didn't even realize until I started to say it out loud, how much I'm pretty much running towards peace and tranquility. And I think the thing is with me, my passion is being able to offer people solutions Mm. to help them or to protect them in some way shape form or fashion and I've always been that way I've always had this protective capacity about myself um in my field people don't go to lawyers typically for anything good they usually (laughs) come to us when they are at their lowest moments and my job is to give them or ensure that they have some type of relief within the law you know and so on average every day i'm dealing with problems Mm -hmm. i'm seeing where people are at their lowest moments where they're afraid for um their their family members they think that they're going to lose grandma's property they're afraid that they're never going to see their children again and it while you're there when you're in that moment you're wearing a cape and the adrenaline is up and you're like okay that won't happen on my watch and then you're just like bamming away and arguing away and doing whatever you have to do to get them that relief and sometimes you're able to and other times you're not um and I, I love I love that. I love being able to to help to play a role in making sure that people have that type of, of remedy and also just to be a friend or a listening ear as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is you take that home with you sometimes. Right. Because you're human. There are some things that I've seen that I'll never be able to unsee. Now I love my job. It's not gonna, you know, make me stop. But some things you, you carry with you. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing is, even with setting boundaries, the the trauma that people face will still be there. I'll still be able to see it. So to me, the only thing I can do is learn how to find some type of balance and learn when to go to the proverbial island even if I can't go to the actual island. Yeah. And um that's that's what I I think it is. So for me, I guess it's just that I'm I'm realizing that um sometimes I have to be my own hero. I have to step in and say, "Okay, let me fight for me as much as I fight for everyone else." But this is very interesting. I love this conversation because it's making me realize thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It sounds like uh, moving forward, as you make decisions in your life, like these are going to be intentional decisions that, you know, honestly bring you joy and bring you peace because you want to mm-hmm. make sure you can bring that to um, your day-to-day life.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I-,
0: I love it. I love it. So Abria, I really appreciate the, the time you've taken to speak with me today. Um, I don't want to hold you up too long, so I'm going to make a pivot towards um, these lightning questions, and I'll let you get back to the rest of your day. How does that sound?
1: Sounds good.
0: (laughs) All right. So first question is, do you prefer texting, talking, or video chats?
1: So I immediately, I want to say texting, but the older I get, the more I appreciate talking on the phone. Mm Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. like I used to talk about my mom all the time. Like, why is she always on this phone? But now that's my main way of talking to like my best friends. We call each other Mm -hmm. unless we just can't. So I think talking now, I prefer that.
0: Yeah. So next question, what or who inspires you and why?
1: Definitely my grandfather. If you haven't been able to tell, (laughs) (laughs) I was a granddaddy's baby and he inspired me so much because he came from humble beginnings um but he turned it into so much more and he taught me so much like i credit who i am today to him and just his patience his his wisdom and his understanding like he was the only boy out of five siblings so he had four sisters my great grandmother and it was just him and my great grandfather who were the males in the house, but <clears throat> he was older. And so it, the amazing part was that he was the one that taught his sisters how to drive. He worked and helped them get into to college. Like by the time um, he had met my grandmother, he had helped uh, a couple of his siblings get through school. It was just, he was just an amazing man with so much passion and so much drive about himself, but he was so calm and understanding. Like I could tell that, um, the years that he had lived landed so much wisdom just to him. So much understanding. He, he understood some things Yeah. and, and that's what I really appreciated the most, but he was big on education. He was the first person to tell me, you know, he, you go, you're going to be the lawyer in the family. Like he knew it. it was, it, And I didn't do it because he said it. He would have, he would have been proud of me either way, but it was just, he called it. It was like a prophecy yeah. or something. He called it, but yeah. So my granddad is who um, inspires me the most.
0: Oh, that's, that's really beautiful. <laughs> I love that. And then lastly, on a scale of one to 10, how good are you at keeping secrets?
1: Okay, so my first mind goes to 10. (laughs) But I want to be honest. Yeah. My best friend will probably know as much as I know. (laughs) So if now I feel like I'm on the higher end of the scale Mm -hmm. when it comes to this, though, because you can tell me something and I'm not going to let it slip. Like I may talk to my best friend about it. I may not I'm gonna give myself about an eight the only reason why I wouldn't go any higher than an eight is because I know I may talk to like my best friend and I know she's not going to say anything both of us are really good at holding stuff in regardless of excitement
0: well LaBria it has been really great um really have had enjoyed talking to you today and having you on the show um I hope you have a great rest of your day
1: you too. I've I've truly enjoyed myself. This was amazing.
0: This has been another episode of Don't Be Coy with Uncle Lou. As always, I'd like to thank this episode's guest for a great conversation as well as thank you the listener for joining in. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular, I always appreciate your support. If you like today's episode and ever want to listen to more, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Audible, google podcast or spotify and to join our community and access future bonus content be sure to visit dbkpodcast.com